Hello, welcome to the Joe Show. This is episode five, stepping into being a leader. This episode is an introduction to an interview I did with a fellow soldier who is what you call a Bradley Gunner. We talk about the new MOS of a 19 Charlie that's coming out. We talk about what it means to go from being a Joe into being a leader, whether you're leading one soldier or multiple soldiers. We discuss the influence of how leaders have a power to influence those around them, whether it's positive, negative, even what they do after the military service. We discuss how recruiters kind of don't tell you the whole truth. And we tell you about the Joe soldier experiences when working with officers that are prior enlisted versus ROTC. I hope you enjoy this. Thanks for checking out the show. By the way, we are at 1,500 streams right now. So thank you all for supporting and sharing. As you know, we haven't done any sponsors on this. Haven't really done crazy amount of interviews. So for all you guys coming here and listening, thank you for that. And please keep tuning in. Thank you. Hope you enjoy this interview coming up. Thanks. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Joe Show. It's your host, Corey K, and I am with the... The Conk. The Conk. I think you're... All right, we'll go with that. The Conk. All right, man. So, like, what up? What's popping? Oh, you know, just, you no know, vibing, you know, living in barracks rooms. Bro, your hat is wet, man. Like, what... What is going on? Oh, you know, living in a barracks room that's 90 degrees because, you know, for eight days they just what? wanted to. Wait, <clears throat> your barracks room is 90 degrees? Yeah. Uh, surprise, <laughs> surprise. That's the army for you, man. Fuck yeah. Making stupid fucking decisions all the time. Can't control any of it, but, you know, fuck them. <laughs> what am I going to do? I, I mean, like, shit. Do you at least feel like the. You at least feel like you're getting a positive experience out of this nonsense, man? Uh, I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be a positive experience. I mean, <clears throat> like uh, coming back from deployment, you know, uh, as the time I've been on uh, Fort Hood and I've been here for about three years now, uh, I've been on the Bradley my whole career. You know, I signed up to be an 11 Bravo, but I ended yeah, up I becoming a... Yeah, see your t-shirt. It's just I'm, fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up becoming a mounted uh, Bradley Goblin, as uh, my drill sergeant used to say said fuck them bradley goblins and i was like all right well i mean i'm, I'm going to forehead so fuck you i guess <laughs> anyways uh yeah i mean honestly man it's been a re- really positive experience uh i mean i started off as a driver like didn't really know my head from my ass uh over time i mean i just kind of started learning from the people around me uh two years later i was known in the fucking brigade for being the best driver uh, my Brad never went down the two years that uh, I was driving. And then uh, just recently, mid-deployment, well, about, I'd say about three-quarters of the way through, they're like, yeah, we're moving you platoons. And they pulled me to a gun, uh, shot my first gunnery, pissing my pants the whole time. Couldn't hear my TC. Fuck yeah. Love wet pants on gunnery. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> It's definitely uh, an experience going from driving to gunning. Uh, it's two separate jobs, and you really have to know what the fuck you're doing. Because, I mean, if you don't, I mean, it's... Gonna... I mean, dude, I'm in real with you. I've known you for a while now. I feel like you don't know what the fuck you're doing half the time. But if you say you do, I mean, by all, <laughs> by all fucking means. I mean, you ain't wrong. I mean, sometimes I'm just trying to do the best thing I can for my soldiers. But, uh, you know, there's times where it's I can't overpower certain people. Um, LTs, you know, God. Do, do you think you're ready to be a leader? Uh, I mean, I feel like I've done somewhat decent so far. Um, but I mean, I, 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 you can't really be ready for it. You just kind of have to be a man, grow the fuck up, and do it. I mean, it's it's really that simple. Like, 
if you can't do that, you're really not going to survive. Um, you're probably going to lose your rank or, well, not really your rank, but your position. They're going to probably put someone else that's better in that position than you. And that's my biggest fear is failure. So that's something I kind of try to avoid doing. So if I can please the person at the top, that's what I try and do. As some would call Wait, Would you call Ryan. yourself a guy that uh, brown noses or gets under the desk? Uh, a little bit here and there. Hell yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the honesty. Uh, I mean, when I when uh, when I was still in third platoon, they weren't going to move me from the the driver spot because my old PSG didn't think I had had what it takes to, you know, be a gunner. Um, and then one day we're out in Finland, and I think it was uh, during Arrow, and first arm was like, "Why he he had brought over my PSG and me?" And he's like, "Why don't you think Contillus can be a gunner?" And he was just like. He's just, he told him straight up, he's like, he's just not ready to be a leader. And I, I really took that shit personal. And from that stage forward, um, throughout the rest of Finland, I started busting my ass and I started like trying to go overboard with every single thing I did so that I could like prove a standing value to, you know, a different platoon, you know, someone that wanted to give me a gun, give me a chance, see what I could do. Um, I had an old uh, section leader um, who ended up moving to second platoon from third. Uh, he ended up vouching for me quite a bit. Uh, great, uh, great NCO and someone I, I continue to strive to be like every day. Love that. I love that we can talk about that positive leadership. How guys have done a positive thing for you. Yeah, I mean, appreciate that, man. But I feel that. So, been in the army for almost three years. Been mm-hmm. a driver, right? Killed in the gunnery. Taking on a leadership position, right? So you got how many how many soldiers under you? Uh well, I was supposed to have two, but Fuck yeah. You know, me and the other gunner, we decided to, he wanted all the people on his brad and I just wanted my one driver. Uh thought it would be easier for the both of us because he he knows what he's doing and I, and I can have more time to instill the knowledge that I have from being a previous driver to my driver who's brand new. Um I mean, honestly, it's it's definitely a different transition from what I'm used to. I'm really good at teaching about the Brad, um, but I feel like the one thing I struggle with is, uh, you know, really being a nitty-gritty leader. Like, I, I feel like I can get the job done as a leader, but, like, when it comes to, like, if my soldier's struggling, there's times where when I was a driver, I just, they told me to struggle and let it happen, and, I feel like there's times where I revert back to that as a leader and I, I start to let him struggle. But then the next day I'll come back out and I'll tell him, like, hey, man, like, that's what happened to me, but I completely think it should not happen to you. So that's where I'll try to be better. But, you know, we live and we learn every day from, you know, different previous mistakes that, you know, happen. But uh, every day, yeah, I try and strive to be the best leader possible. Are you, try- are you trying to do 20 years? No. Nah. You couldn't pay me enough fucking money in this goddamn planet to do 20 years. Um, like, don't get me wrong. Like, once I get out of the Army, I'll have done five years uh, active duty service. I think. Did, did you just, like, re-enlist, though? Uh, I extended. So oh, okay, okay. when I asked about CSP and all that shit uh, when, when we were in Finland, because I, I had literally, like, less than a year left. And they're like, well, you're, the CSP you want is like a few months long and clearing and all that shit. You're not going to have enough time. 
So I was like, well, I need to do the CSP. I don't know what, what you guys think you're going to do to stop me. So I ended up having to talk to Sergeant Jones, extend for a year, you know. But hopefully in this next year, you know, I, I can teach a lot of knowledge down to the new people that come in. Okay, so so let's let's talk about that CSP. So CSP, those who don't know, is Career Skills Program, right? So it's like you are coming towards the end of your military career. You want to go try to get a civilian, what, like certification, I guess we want to call it, right? Yeah, so yeah, basically you choose what you want, yeah. And do you feel you got fucked out of the opportunity to be able to take that now versus later? Oh, 100%. Okay, why do you feel like you got fucked out of it? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, I get it. Like, you know, time was running short on me. But at the same time, like, I mean, I feel like I did get fucked because when I kept bringing it up, like, they would just keep pushing it to the side and, you know, all sorts of stuff like this. So, honestly, at that point, it was like, you know, whatever, man. Like, I'll, I'll extend. They got me for an extra year, which I know they wanted because, I mean, they'll talk shit about me behind my back. But to my face, they're always, you know, slobbing my my knob, you know what I'm saying? Now, do you think, try to make you stay, you think it's like, do you think your sole purpose right now, do you think it's a numbers game? Do you think it's because of the current recruiting retention issues? Do you think it's just because, like, they don't know what else to do right now and they're just kind of saying, fuck it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's a good mixture of all three. Um, like, I mean, recruiting really has taken shit. Um, I have buddies that have joined. Um, one of my buddies, he actually joined and he, uh, he requested, he got to pick his duty station and they ended up fucking him over and sending him to Germany, which he wanted to go to Fort Hood. Man, I'm going to be real with you. So for some of y'all that think about joining the army, if you listen to that other episode I did earlier, right? That whole, like, you get to pick a duty station. That is the biggest bullshit I have ever heard in my experience. I heard one dude that said, yeah, man, I picked my duty station. I got that exact duty station. Like. Yeah, and your recruiter gonna tell you, yeah, you get to pick your duty station. Nah, I'm just signing that paper, man. Be real with you. Yeah, uh, it's definitely that. Um, like when I went, when I tried to come in the army, I originally wanted to be a 19 kilo, so I wanted to be a tanker. Oh uh, my god, you pogue! <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Uh, so crazy story, actually. So when I did go to enlist in the army. My recruiter's like, yeah, bro, you can pick your duty station. We, you, you can pick your bonus. Um, and I was like, you know, bro, like, shit, I, I definitely, I, I would definitely like to do all that. And he's like, well, what job were you thinking? I was like, well, I want, I want to be on the tank. I was like, I think that's pretty badass, you know, shooting a big gun, cool. But uh, what ended up happening was he's like, yeah, bro, we got this gig. I got sent to maps. I was like, yes, I'm gonna be a 19 kilo get about like because the bonus for my ASVAB score was because I got over it was like 50 I got over 50 so you get double what the regular bonus is I got like 70 or something on the ASVAB and it only took me 30 minutes to do because I just didn't give a fuck I just wanted to get the fuck out of maps because you know there's a lot of old creepy people around there probably ex-military fuck I don't shit I don't know but you know, I was like, I feel like I was, Meps is like an intro nursing home to the military. Yeah, something like that. Bunch of fucking weirdos. You got the fucking. Hey man, guard. bend over. Let me see your cheeks real quick. Yeah, that did happen. Go, Ew, what you doing, dog? <laughs> yeah. Am I am I wrong? Like that? Like for real? That's how that's how my Meps experience was. 
Nah, you ain't wrong. I mean, uh, I had some old dude that looked like Joe Biden trying to be his, be the doctor, and he's like, he's like, uh, put your hands on the wall, and I was like, where the fuck is this going? <laughs> he's like, drop your pants. Yeah, you already got that like, finger in the butt. I, I, he's like, drop your pants, man. And I'm like, all right. I dropped my pants. I'm bent over on this wall. And I'm like, I'm probably going to get fucked right now. And I was like, this is one way to start my military career. Like, fuck, man. I didn't even get to pick my job yet. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that ended up happening. And then uh, I went downstairs to go to the Army. Uh, fuck, what? The pick, you, pick your jobs and everything. And they're like... They're like, what job are you looking at? I was like, well, I'm trying to be a fucking tanker, 19 kilos on. And the lady that was, you know, working with me, she's like, yeah, we don't have any of those. And I was like, oh, so my fucking recruiter lied to me. Damn, that's crazy. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And uh, I ended up calling him on the spot. Um, I ended up uh, calling, calling the recruiter. And I was like, bro, like, what the actual fuck? And I, I was upset, too. I was like, man, this motherfucker fucked me. I'm a- it was crazy. So, like, on an earlier episode, I was talking about how tankers have been getting bonuses for $50,000 if they re-enlist. Oh, yeah. Fuck them. Bunch of- <laughs> I don't know if we can say that. I'm not going to get trouble for that one. I mean, I didn't say it, so I'll be okay. You yeah, it'll be it. all right. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> It'll buff. It'll buff. <laughs> it'll buff. Damn. Yeah, it'll buff here and there. Here um, and there. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, when we we're in, when we we're in Lithuania. Sergeant Major came up to me. He's like, "So I can tell us I got good news for you." And I was like, "Oh fucking boy, here we go. Some shit's about to happen." I'm probably fuck gonna, yeah, probably gonna get transferred units. I was praying I was getting kicked out because I was like, "Man, fuck this shit." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's like, "Well, you know, good news. You know, nineteen nineteen Charlies, which is going to be like the Bradley Soul MOS, which is just." Baby tanks, basically, but you work with the 11 Bravos on a day-to-day, which actually is pretty badass. Um, he was like, yeah, we threw your name in the hat first, so if it ever comes around, I just hope you know you're going to AIT. And I was like, well, about that. I was like, I, I understand why you guys did that. Um, but, I mean, it, it just it kind of upset me because I was like, I, I was really hyped for it, and then, like, I was going to do it on my own. But, like, feeling all that pressure and them being like, oh, you're going to be the next battalion master gunner. I'm like, bro, I haven't even gotten the fucking promotion board. Like, what am I going to do? Just fucking fucking put the E5 rank on my fucking chest? Hell yeah, man. Just blow some bodies up <laughs> for whatever war we decide to get in again. Cause, yeah. Man, just just send it. Yeah, honestly, I mean, that's that's how it felt from time to time. I mean, but. Uh, do, you, do you think there's any kind of plan? Actually, like an actual plan in order to get anything done for you to like go to be a 19 kilo. Or you're just going to find out one day, but like, hey, fuck it, bro. You like, uh, uh, yeah. So actually, I had a lot of uh, the PSGs from uh, ACO and BCO. They came up to came up to me and talked to me and even Sergeant Redmond, the uh, battalion my goal for the tanks. It's like, bro, he's like, you'd be a fucking badass tanker. He's one of my good friends, too. Like, he's great NCO. I think someone, you know, we should all strive to be. Uh, as an NCO, non-commissioned officer, uh, he's really great. Takes so care here, of here's a really controversial question. Yes. And the NCOs of today, in your experience, do you think that you can trust your NCOs as a whole? Not just like ones or twos. Like, do you think as a whole you can trust your NCOs? Uh, honestly, I mean, I really don't think so. Uh, 
like what I've noticed is you see E fours that are like really stuck up team leaders, fucking dick dickheads, you know, dick riders, whatever you want to call them. Um, they basically when they hang around those NCOs and then they become NCOs, they're those NCOs bad ways rub off them a lot worse than those NCOs actually think it did. But you know, it's just like part of the flow, I guess. Um, and I mean, honestly, it's just it, it really pisses me off because, like, if if you want a good army and you want people to stay in the army, you're gonna want people that know what the fuck they're doing, take care of their soldiers, but also fight for their soldiers on a day, constant day to day basis. And in the army of today, you're really not getting that. There's, don't get me wrong, there's a few every now and again that'll do that, but fuck every day no i do that as an e4 I, that's my job like now, now what does it mean to be e4 like, uh, a what, what does it mean to me um well i mean no let's just like let's just, let's just say like in general like so like let's say i'm a dumbass i'm a civilian right and i don't know what military ranks are so e4 like e1 eo i'm probably the bottom of the bottom and i'm a shitbag mm-hmm. right so like how how would you decide like so definition of e4 is like what specialist right yeah specialist and like we right. go on tiktok and tiktok says that a specialist is the most knowledgeable rank in the army with zero responsibility um yeah i would completely uh there's parts of it i i i would 100% agree with and there's parts of that i would 100% disagree with uh like in today's army units and like the you know maybe in the Pogue MOS is like that's a true statement but in the 11 Bravo world that is definitely a complete opposite statement like there's E4s that are team leaders and they have a shit ton of responsibility like like myself like I literally went from being a private to a specialist for less than a month and they already threw me in a leadership position I was like fuck I'm not ready for this and plus so you're you're a gunner right now yeah. so as a gunner if the TC's out, you're you're responsible for that vehicle, right? And the vehicle's yes. what worth like? Mm, they're worth about uh, about four or five five mil. Four or five mil, right? So like you've been in the army for what three years almost? Right? Yeah. Okay, so say I'm 18 years old, so but I'm 21, I'm gonna be in charge of a three million dollar vehicle. Yeah. Nice. Maybe even more. Maybe maybe five million because we're getting those new ones, right? Yeah. That's crazy. It's interesting. Like you, th- you give all that responsibility to a young kid, right? But that young kid gets out of the army, and that kid's just getting fucked down. Because oh yeah, hundred yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I feel like the army perspective. Just, yeah, it's just a very fast uh, moving moving up in the world process, and then once you get out, you kind of get fucked. But um, the army keeps rolling along. Yeah, I mean, it's part of now, the fucking now. Song. So like, bring it back to that CSP thing, right? I, oh, I yeah. think that's the army trying to quote unquote insert the right step to do better for soldiers i guess mm. after the army right yeah um like i know like there's that one dude who went for that truck driving school yeah a couple guys doing hvac a couple guys doing like uh what, what's the wind sh- wind oh, the turbines, yeah. you know, i mean like a whole bunch of different things and i think at least there's an attempt and an effort as a whole I'm not saying like unit individually i'm not saying company individually i'm saying like like Cross general bases from New York to Texas to Germany to Hawaii. Oh yeah, they're they're trying to do the right thing at top upper echelon levels. Yeah, uh, I mean I I could see that being a thing, but uh, you know experiencing certain things firsthand, like the only way the army really is going to survive, and you know from being in for three years, you know I 
I've been in longer than my PL, and my PL is the first lieutenant. She's the highest ranking person in the platoon. But the PL, the PLs come with learning tactics. They learn, mm-hmm. they learn. Um, like I mean, I guess you quote unquote could say they have an education, right? Oh yeah. And what's interesting, there's a senior NCO I spoke to that you know very well. I spoke to him recently, and he said, which I thought was really interesting, that the people that are in college that are becoming officers and commissioning. They go to Bullock, whether it's Armored Bullock, Infantry Bullock, are told, hey, don't trust your NCOs. And I think that being a thing going forward is like, hey, you you entrust your NCOs to lead these soldiers left and right, be the day-to-day interactions, right? Because, mm. like, God forbid a soldier go talk to a PL. Like, you talk to your PL, like, that's a no-go. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, like, now nah, you can't trust your NCOs. The ones that you're supposed to hope are doing the things like, hey, make sure the barracks are good. Damn, barracks are what, 90 degrees today, right? Yeah, they ain't or doing it. Or like, hey, damn, job. like this soldier can pass the PT test or this soldier can go to the gym or this soldier's doing this, this soldier's doing yeah. that, right? Like, I feel like there's a loss in that because we, we, we said, yo, fuck the trust, you know? And I think that's really apparent. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I feel like the biggest, the biggest issue that the Army has is the lack of trust in NCOs. I mean, those are like... If you really think about like how the rank system works for officers and for enlisted, oh, it's bureaucratic, hundred percent bureaucratic. 100% oh, hundred percent. I I agree. Like, um, the amount of prevalence of politics is oh, insane. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you ask me, the way the army should work is you have to be a staff sergeant, minimum time in service ten years, and then you can go to OCS. Ten years for six. Well, you what know, I'm you saying, are, you are a sharp guy. Just hit like I think fourteen, 11, eleven years, and he's at. He's at uh, he he got seven and ten. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but like for me, like it, if I was to make the army a really good place and make it where officers actually knew what the fuck they're doing, from a tactical point, you'd want to take a private, form him into a really solid NCO, and then give that NCO the opportunity to either reenlist and stay enlisted, or go the officer out why because those ncos know what they're doing they know I, how to be tactical i 100 agree that i think ncos know more and also like you can totally tell the difference from a oh yeah officer that was prior enlisted being an officer mm-hmm. versus like an officer just fresh out of college now like don't get me wrong there's still some officers that come straight out of college that are like for the boys and still get oh, the yeah, mission top done. Tier, still yeah. still play the political bureaucratic and still get the job done yeah day day. like that, that's still a thing but like on the catch 22 of that like the guys who came out as NCOs and became officers know what the struggle is that some of us go through. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I've had like, I've had four, well, I went through when I was in third platoon, I went through three PLs in six months. I had a, I had a D probably one of the best PLs I've ever seen in my life. Well, he was insane. Like top tier, kind of. Because you're, you're always changing the energy, changing that chemistry. Like once you get chemistry into something, you kind of get a flow, and it's like, boom, we got get someone else. So this is yeah. Ain't I mean, the way to build a team. No, it's know? it's really not. Like the part, I don't think people really understand how much goes into that, especially dismounts. <laughs> Dog, I went through an office today that had seven binders of over a thousand pages on how to run a gunnery. If you ask me the actual technical standard to run a gunnery. I am dumbfounded, and I don't know a single fucking thing. I'm going to be real with that. Yeah, I mean, gunneries really aren't that hard to run. Um, It's just a matter of fact that there's a lot of people that 
Like if you keep swapping out certain people, like if you swap out a section leader, a TC for a Bradley or even a gunner, like bats is just it becomes a whole different scenario. So bats is like the electronic simulator for gunnery. Do you think bats actually helps? Uh honestly, yeah, I do. You get comfortable with the okay. controls. Um, when I first went through bats, I mean, it was like it was a really big learning curve. I, I kind of got nervous, but um, I had great mentors there that had known what they'd been doing for a while, and they were just talking me through it, telling me what to do. And they're doing honestly, they're they're helping me a lot, giving giving me multiple perspectives to look at different things. And once once I shot gunnery, my gun shot. A lot of other people's guns did not shoot. And I think it's because of my experience on the Bradley, but also having mentors like that that care enough to want to, you know, help other other people that were <laughs> in their position, you know, a while back. So that's how it should be. So now what do you think it's helping you set up for life? Because, like, you said you're only going to do, what, five <clears throat> years, right? Yeah. So what, how do you think it's helping you after uh, these five years? What are you going to do? I mean, honestly, I'm going to try and be a mentor. Like, if I, like... I would say listening is probably a really big key factor. Wait, you're gonna be a mentor, better leader. Oh yeah, better, better Bradley operator, Bradley Gunner. How oh, you put it 100%. right? But, but so like, what are you in hopes for? I guess in your career and like, so like, I love Matt McConaughey's quote on this. Like, what's your hero in ten years? Like, what 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 do you want to be in ten years? Oh, uh, I mean, honestly, I've thought about going the firefighting route. I've thought about going the law enforcement route. You'd be a hot ass firefighter. Coming down that hole, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Jesus, this ain't a strip club, buddy. Well, we can make a strip club. Yeah, I mean, what shit, where are the girls? Let's go. But, uh, no, I mean, honestly, like, I like being in uh, jobs that are, like, very team-oriented. You know, you rely on other people. Um, it takes a lot of trust, especially in the military. Like, especially the, the fucking United States goddamn army, son. Like, you really have to have trust that, like, if you go to war with your fucking unit, that the people to the right and to the left of you are actually going to do their fucking job. I think you're right, having trust. And the men and women next to you, that's going to be a big factor. And with that, I think this is a great spot to end. So for all y'all, check out the show today. Tills his mic with mute, but he's waving to y'all. And myself, Corey K., your host. Come check out episode six. We're going to talk about the best pickup lines of the military for the Sunday Scaries. Come back to the Joe Show. Charlie Mike.